Welcome to the Closer and Closer podcast, a podcast about expanding your creative capacity. Each week, we interview inspiring creatives to help you grow your freelance career. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Closer and Closer podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andrea Mejia-Madriz, and I'm a part of the Artist Marketing and Partnerships team here at Closer and Closer. And I have back with me the wonderful post-vacation Dave Arcade. Thanks, Andrea. I'm Dave Arcade, an artist on the Closer and Closer roster, but enough about me because it is my pleasure to introduce today's guest. Lindsay is a San Francisco-based artist and illustrator. Her work is always coming from a place of layering, texture, and experimentation. She likes to keep things playful and explore themes of nature, time, memory, community, and psychology. Lindsay has shown her work nationally and internationally and has worked with clients like Target, Nike, Adobe, and Lemonada Media. Welcome, Lindsay. It's so great to have you. Oh, thanks for having me, Andrea. I'm stoked to be on here with you and Dave. Of course, as a loyal follower of the pod, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. this is a dream come true. Yeah, I I was uh, really, um, I'm always impressed when people listen to this. I should have more confidence. I'm just like, oh, we're at the bottom of the podcast list of all time. Did you know that? It's like, that's not true. People listen to this. Yeah, good to know. I feel like you guys are almost like siblings like at this point. So I feel like I'm just... Just the way that you talk on the podcast. So I'm like, oh, I get to hang out with these two. It's so fun. Dad always favors Andrea. Everything she wants, she gets. I get nothing. Mom doesn't give a shit about me. It's because you decided to be an artist, Dave. Yeah. They, they weren't happy about that. I remember when I told them and Dad hit me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't slander your father on the podcast, I'm actually slandering Dave. your dad, if you think about it. That's fine. <laughs> Okay. If my dad's listening to this, it's not fine. Love you. Love you. We love you so much. Uh, (laughs) Okay. So before we get too far into our thing, me and Dave, it's been a while since we've recorded the podcast. So apologies. (laughs) And we're too all over the place. Why is that? Where was I? I I can't remember. You're on vacation. But where? But where where was I? Switzerland. Oh, oh, that's right. For all the listeners. I was in Switzerland. (laughs) Clock. I feel. I know, yeah. literally. I just like saying that. It makes me feel like I'm better than everybody else. Like I was in, I you was are. in Switzerland. You know how expensive things are, are there? Freaking McDonald's for a meal, 60 bucks. <laughs> what? I don't believe that. Uh, it's but... absolutely true. Just to feed. Okay. Was it like you and four children or what? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I did say a meal, didn't I? <laughs> I meant my fam. Like when I think of my family, I think of it as a meal. Gotcha. $60. <laughs> Never go there. Yeah. Okay, I will do my best. Um, Lindsay, anyways, so great to have you. Um, You, again, I feel like I'm saying this every week, but it's because we scheduled all the new artists to be on the podcast a couple weeks in a row. Um, But you're one of the newer artists on the podcast, so I'm so excited to, like, get to know you a little bit more and have this time to chat and get to know each other. Um, Uh, Yeah, I'm so stoked. Stoked to be on the team. We'll get into it. My first question, super simple. Uh, can you give us a rundown of like your creative journey up until this point? Where did it begin? How did it kind of develop into like a full on freelance career? Yeah, I actually like back way back when studied photography at UC Santa Cruz. So oh, awesome. I didn't, I actually like didn't understand that you could be an artist. Like I just, yeah. it did not, I studied art. I, I like, 
you know, it just did not like compute for me. So I studied photography. Like that's, you know, any different. And then <laughs> in um, Santa Cruz, like, did you live in Santa Cruz? Yeah. yeah. You lived in Santa yeah, Cruz? I went to UCC. That mm -hmm. is the coolest city in the world. It is really cool. My sister still lives there and a couple of my close friends. So I get to go visit. It's pretty cute. It's like a little beach town. Um, yeah, the dark room, probably the whole reason I studied photography was because the dark room was like underneath a redwood grove. It's like underground. And I like worked the, the little dark room and mixed chemicals and probably like killed a bunch of brain cells. But it was, a, it. <laughs> it was a good time. Um, and then, you know, the economy crashed right when I got out of college. So I just bartended mm -hmm. and farted around for a while and um, realized that developing, <laughs> like, photos outside of, like, a school setting was very expensive. And mm -hmm. everyone was getting into digital, and I wasn't super into that. And I eventually, like, just got really into painting and decided that I wanted to paint Still no concept of that being a career. So I was like, well, I'll yeah. just bartend, <laughs> bartend and paint forever. Um, and then I decided to come to San Francisco and take a year, like, studying painting at SFAI. And I did that. And then eventually, like, started getting asked for, like, people to license my work uh, for editorial projects and mm -hmm. uh, do murals and just take on, like, small local projects and realize mm -hmm. that I could get paid for like doing things that I enjoyed doing and it eventually became what it is now still work worked in restaurants most of that time yeah that's yeah. crazy I feel like so did you always paint like even when you were younger or was that something that you kind of like pivoted to once you were you know you realized you didn't want to do photography I did always I like painted or drew or like would write short stories but I didn't like it wasn't that nobody was, like, taking it seriously. It's just that I just struggle. <laughs> this is, like, maybe the curse of visual thinkers. I struggle understanding things unless I see them. So I just wasn't mm. seeing examples of, like, working artists around totally. me. Like, I was seeing my age, right? Like, I was seeing, like, professors who were, like, much older and had, like, um, a totally different journey. But it wasn't like it was it is now where we see, like, artists all the time on, like... Uh, Instagram or YouTube or whatever. It was just like, I just was so, <laughs> I think like, you know, unaware. Yeah. yeah. Well, like when did you, so when did, there's gotta be a first composition, right? Where like, you're like okay, this is what I want to do. <laughs> I'm just curious, like what year did that happen? Cause it sounds like it was more recent than not. And I'm in that category too. I didn't start drawing again until like yeah. 2014. So well, I was painting, like, you know, pretty early on, like, uh, maybe, or early, right after college, like, okay. doing oil paintings and like stuff. Like, 2008 but they were like Yeah, 2008, 2009, but they were, like, probably poorly prepped canvases mm. and, like, <laughs> like, pretty bad paintings, but all of my friends were really supportive, and I did, like, some small shows at, like... Um, coffee shops and stuff, but I mainly did like gallery shows and like more, oh, cool. <laughs> like you know, quote unquote fine art like uh, work. And then illustration started maybe like 2016, 2017. So oh, nice, more recent. Gosh, you're it's yeah. been meteoric for you then because you have like fit, like fifty thousand followers on Instagram, something like that. I think a little under 40,000, but oh, okay. I will say that I'm just losing followers by the minute. Like, <laughs> oh, did, So I, I'm not, 
I, uh, I think Andrea knows that I, I'm bitter about my follower account. I don't put in as much effort. I'm surprised. I am too. <laughs> I like. I, I pride myself on this thing that I'm trying to see how many times I can say it before somebody calls me out, which is this o- the Oasis theory. The band started telling everyone that they're the best band in the world. And then people start taking it seriously. So, uh, like a few months ago, on on this podcast and and this other one that I was on, I I say that I'm one of the best illustrators in the world, and I'm yeah. saying it again now. <laughs> Every time I say it, I regret it. Um, but I feel like I'm pretty good for. His- anyway, this is not about me. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm shocked because I feel like your work is so incredible. Like, oh, tell um, me more. I'm sure Andrea has all sorts of marketing <laughs> ideas for you. She but. does. If I followed. Andrea's, uh, and, and now KJ is the uh, the keeper of the marketing tips, which I made an Evernote for. And every time you guys release one, I now save it. Thank you. Yes. Thank oh, you. I like that, Dave. You yeah, and I'm, they're, they're tagged. So it's like, how do I do a newsletter? I'm going to have all of it rather than searching my emails. Um, Love. But uh, yeah, if I followed it, I, I would be better off. And, and it's I, I'm, I'm slowly <laughs> coming around to it. But yeah, so yeah, Meteoric <laughs> Rise. Like, I, I'm sure that... Uh, you started to get all of those followers when you started doing what you do now. And that sounds like it was just a few years ago, which is encouraging for artists who are just getting started, I think. Yeah. And I I also think probably because I do painting most of my like images and what I share is a lot more like process and behind the scenes and a lot Mm -hmm. less like finished pieces. And I feel like people love that. That's actually what most people want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Especially in the last couple of years, like that's been just the, like, cause obviously, you know, there was a time when Instagram was all super polished and like perfect. And it was really like all about the influencer that like lives a perfect life. But I think especially the last couple of years and especially with COVID, it has leaned so much more the opposite direction where like people don't want to see that. Like everything came no. crashing down and everyone realized everything is an illusion. And so now I think it really is just like people want to see the process and like the nitty gritty and the real person behind the work, which is something that you do. Um, really well. So I have no surprise that, you know, you're killing it now. Yeah. It's yeah. And I feel like it's that teaching crossover too, you know, like Mm -hmm. I feel like with clients, they like to see that, but they probably like to see more polished images. So I'm trying to be better about that too. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's cool. Like when I first saw your work, um, I, I, I noticed that, uh, there's something that gave it away that it was, that was hand painted. But if I had to like guess because the tools, the digital tools are so good, I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have known, but um, it's so much cooler. It's so funny. I'm already up to 107 megabytes with that maximum quality, guys. This is going to be like a gig. <laughs> anyway, um, listeners, disregard that. Uh, I, I, I can't believe some of these palettes that you're able to pull with watercolor. Because to me, when I think watercolor, it's me like eight years old, like trying to draw a line and then it bleeding <laughs> everywhere. And then like, there's no way I can totally. add white. How do you add white with water on white? <laughs> You know, like no chance of putting snow on these mountains. So um, I, I just, I, I was kind of blown away when I was like, holy crap, this is all watercolor. This is like legit. Uh, well, which leads to my, actually, I want to back up for one second. I was going to go into my question, but um, this is my favorite part when I listen to the podcast. Just like, you get ahead of yourself. like do you like Legos? Do you eat Legos? <laughs> no, um, uh, I'm, I'm always curious. uh how, how new artists make their way onto the roster. And I think I'm going to start asking because there's a lot of artists who hit me up and they're like, Hey, how do you get repped? So were you found or did you pursue closer and closer? No, I emailed drew um, into, I don't know 
I don't know when, but like, um, I think I took a class in 2019 or 2000, I think it was 2019 with Amy and Jen Hood oh, cool. um, from Hoodspot, and they mentioned Closer and Closer, so I started following Closer and Closer and was just like, I'm, you know, I love, I'm like really attracted to like all of the artists that are on the roster, like no surprise, but just, you know, not all agencies um, have like that type of aesthetic, and so it was really exciting. Um, and I emailed Drew last January, so 2021, and I just was, or maybe it was 2020, and I reached out and just was like, I'd be interested in being repped. And he was like, we don't have enough agents. <laughs> like, we, oh, just, yeah. we don't have And I was like, cool, no problem. And then I, this January, I was like looking through my goals for the year, and I was like, I'll just reach back out and see if nice um, that still holds true. And he was like, oh, like, let's set up an interview, actually. So Persistence. It was me. It pays. <laughs> Me being aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> no. I feel like that's something that artists shy away from so often. And like, that's always something I have to remind our artists on the roster is like the people that work in the industry and like in with artists and stuff, like it's a lot. And like Drew is always, I, this is something that I love about working here is he's always super transparent. So he was like, yeah, like tell the artists that we are not taking any more artists on the roster <laughs> yeah. because we have one agent and it's crazy, um, which is true. But, yeah. like, you just have to remember that, like, that's the nature of this work. And, like, people, you know, you're, like, your work is amazing. And, obviously, you're on the roster now. So, it was something that we were interested in. But if you hadn't ha had the guts to reach back out and been, like, you know, if you had been shy about it or you'd been, like, oh, well, I already reached out once. Like, I'm sure they have my stuff on, on file. Um, yeah. It wouldn't have happened. And it's just, I think it's so important for artists to remember that, like, yeah, these people are really busy, just like you are. And emails get lost and people forget. And yeah. there's no harm in like reaching out, you know. As and to be honest, like rejection with an actual like note attached to it rather than just not responding, which is most, you know, galleries, agencies, potential clients, like they're so busy that they sometimes don't even respond. Like to be responded to with a rejection mm -hmm. was like kind of a gift. <laughs> you know? You're like, oh. They wanted to tell me no. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, that's true because that if if there was no response, um, maybe you would not have reached back out because that's a whole year. Um, yeah, that that patience paid off big time for you. That's awesome. Um, that's a lesson to anyone who wants to get repped. Like you got to you got to do the work. For some reason, a, a lot of it is, uh, or a lot of artists are rejected at first. Like Raul Urias, who I think yeah. is arguably. Oh, interesting. Yeah. With Closer and Closer. Yeah, he's arguably the, greatest, arguably the greatest illustrator on the planet, in my opinion, was not accepted. when he, And he, he reached out to Drew um, the first time he was rejected. And so it's like, well, if, you know. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, his style was a little bit different back then. Which is, again, I just want to like, I want to punch him in the stomach with like the greatest love because his first style was incredible. And he's like, well, I got another trick up my sleeve, which is his current style. It's like, dude, you're not allowed to come up with two kick-ass styles. Anyway, we're not talking about him. We're talking about your style, which I think is very uh, beautiful. Like it's, it's, oh, thank it's you. great. Um, and, and thank you for sharing how, how you came to be a member of the roster. I think it's uh it's important for artists. They, they think there's some trick to it. It's like, how do I get rep? It's like, well, mm -hmm. can you email? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's like not as sexy as people want it to be, right? Like yeah. we all want our like 
um, I don't know, like Jewel moment, like at the mall, like, but that's just Jewel not the, how the it artist. Works. Are you talking about Jewel the artist? Jewel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wasn't she like supposedly like, you know, like approached? And I feel like oh, in the 90s, that was Jewel. like a very big. Yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. I haven't heard a Jewel reference. <laughs> that was in... like a big, like, <laughs> here to shock you, Dave. Yeah. No, I love Jewel. <laughs> Jewel and her jacked up teeth, and she was so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty. But like, you know, that's, I feel like that's kind of what uh, people want is someone to want them. And um, Mm -hmm. I think even when someone does want you, like if an agency reaches out, it's not always like a a great fit. So it's, um, I don't know, it's nice to like take your time and like find uh, what's going to work. Because I think even though it's slow, it's usually like more intentional and works out better. Yeah, totally. As opposed to Snyder, New York, if you ever hear this. If 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 we're able to build robots that could fight each other, I'd punch your freaking head off, Snyder. Because these are two people who run Snyder. Yeah, I'm calling them out. I'm slandering them. Dave. I I I uh reached out to them when I first went freelance and I was like, hey, I would love to set up a meeting. And I feel bad because my dear friend Jill Dehan is repped by them and they they love her and she loves them. But I reached out to them and they're like, Yeah, let's talk. And one of them was like in Europe and she's like, when we get back. And so I followed up and like, oh, we're totally going to talk. And I followed up and and then they're like, I think one of the responses was like, LOL. I was like, hey, we should definitely talk. And they're like, LOL. And then both of them stopped following me on Instagram and then, none of, and then both of them stopped responding. So it was kind of like Homer Simpson fading away into the, yeah. the, into the bush. Oh and it's like, that's not professional. That's why I'm calling them out. That was not cool yeah. as opposed to the way Drew did it, where he's like, hey, we just don't have... And just makes you feel, makes you feel weird. Makes you feel weird. Like, did I do something wrong? Yeah. yeah. So, Snyder, mm-hmm. if you ever hear this, I just called you out. I would like you to try to do something about it. I'm repped by somebody <laughs> better now. Hey, I... Stop. You're going to get poached. I think... <laughs> I think it's. I think some healthy competition between reps would be awesome. I would love it if Drew was like Snyder, New York. You suck. Prove that you don't. Well, okay, this is not the same, but we do. Like, we would love to have another agency on the podcast and just like talk shop and be like, totally. "What do you do? That's different." Snyder, you don't um, suck, by the way. And Jill, I love you. They're not all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they're not all the same. Well, and I think Lindsay, like back to your point, it really is like, I think. It's hard because, like, you know, artists think I'm going to go into art and I'm just going to make art and that's going to be my job. But, like, there really is so much of the job where you just have to be your own advocate and, like, be able to stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself. And, I mean, you did that and you did amazing. And I think you do that in so many – you know, I have questions here about, like, the online courses that you teach. And, like, I think you've been really great about taking ownership of your career and being, like, I'm going to get it where I want to go. But you're so right. Like, I feel like a lot of artists kind of expect – it to be all organic and all natural and like, you know, yeah. you know, I'll post on Instagram once every couple months and like somebody mm. will notice or, you know, <laughs> yeah. an agent will call or like I'll get a job with Apple, but it really is like so much of it is just taking it into your hands and like yeah. seeing what you can do. It's not very romantic. The romance comes later. No. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make like a, a reel that I kind of like and maybe I'll go viral. Yeah. It's like, yeah. uh, that's not really how it works. Yeah. No, <laughs> I would love it because I've made plenty of mediocre reels. but yeah. I haven't ever made one reel. Gosh dang it, I got to do that. Anyway, um, so, well, speaking of reels and your style and, and what it is that you do, let's let's get back to that. You, uh, For those that don't know, um, if you haven't gathered by now, that Lindsay is a like, traditional media artist, watercolor artist. Um, you, you typically depict and, and 
correct me if I'm wrong here. This is kind of what I gathered from your work, some some high level stuff. So since the the listeners probably don't have uh, your page in front of them, but you can go to the closer and closer site and look at uh, Lindsay's page <laughs> while you're listening. Um, typically, you depict these scenes set in nature. I noticed mostly women, yet uh, super diverse in race and culture, and then they're cast in these really rich, gorgeous color palettes. Um, this is an extra layer that I love in terms of uh, fashion. Your people, the people that you pick, usually have um, like their clothing is a canvas in and of itself. Um, donning like scene, like there's one character that has like traffic on her arms, and then cloudscapes on <laughs> that on the clothes of another one, or these really cool patterns. I noticed that one one of your characters just has like a lung T-shirt on or, or a lung sweater. <laughs> Uh, very beautiful style, uh, and uh, we would love it if you could kind of break that down for us and talk to some of these stylistic decisions that you've made, like how and why you've arrived here. Yeah. Um, well, it's like, you know, I think it's a bunch of different things, but um, I have a pretty deep interest in, like, psychology and storytelling, um, and all of that kind of comes from uh, photography, like, studying photography, and at that time, both of my grandmas, one had dementia and one had Alzheimer's, oh, wow. and so kind of witnessing, yeah, like, witnessing this, like, handing down of narrative, but then also thinking about, like, you know, inventing or stitching together kind of these different stories that don't quite line up or mm -hmm. the way that we pass down story and like how it takes on new forms depending on who's telling it. So that was kind of a gateway into me like thinking a lot about, you know, magical realism, reading a lot of magical realism, thinking a lot about what is like that? what's um, magical realism? Um, like I'm trying to think Haruki Murakami does magical oh, yeah. realism. That's great. Um, uh, yeah, Carmen Maria Machado, um, also horror. She's more horror too, but, um, Samantha Hunt, like it's a little bit like there's these moments where in the stories where you, you kind of realize that something outside of just like a regular narrative or the world as we recognize it is happening, which um, would happen a lot when I would talk to both my grandma, um, both of my grandmas, um, or I, when I was in high school, I volunteered at a, um, a nursing home and you'd be like, I was talking to this man one time we were having a totally normal conversation and then it just switched into like, he was having like a delusional moment. Wow. And I, like, I was suddenly like off kilter and like being like, Oh, mm -hmm. like, Oh, we're not talking we're not talking about what I thought we were talking about anymore <laughs> and just like leaving space for that to be like part of their reality right like that's part mm -hmm. of what they're experiencing so those things all kind of informed where I am now so um, when I had done painting up until maybe 2014 or 2015 I was doing a lot of like uh, family portraits and then like removing figures and stuff and then I went on a road trip and I saw Amy Cutler at um, Virginia Mocha, which I, do you know no. Amy Cutler, either of you? No. No. I'm going to. Um, her stuff is really cool. It's like. I'm looking it up. Kind of now. like about like women's work and maintenance and um, a lot of like gouache and watercolor. And she uses like women, you know, these kind of different women that are maybe versions of herself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the faces are so cool. They're, they're like... Uh, I, it just, like, blew me away. So, uh, Sorry, just listeners, I'm looking at an image of this woman, and she's, her face is literally opened like a refrigerator door, and then we're seeing, like, yeah. her life. Sorry, keep going. 
No, no. I, well, I just, I think seeing that, I was like, oh, like, what if I, instead of using myself and my family, like, can I build, like, some of this storytelling um, and play with, like, fable and, like, narrative using a cast of characters that I create, like Amy Cutler does. And so then, like, for years, I've been trying to navigate that a little bit. And now I'm circling back a little bit to um, incorporating myself again. But um, That, that yeah. would explain also why it seems, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you also seem to be pulling characters from different eras. Yeah. <laughs> Are some of your characters dead and some alive? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I haven't intentionally thought about that, but I love, like, I think that's my favorite thing is um, when other people have totally different interpretations that was one of what's of happening. Like, yep. yeah, I, I, yeah, I was, yeah, I love that. I was looking at it. I was like, this doesn't look like was it was a dude that the, might not have been a dude actually. Cause he, I don't know. I don't know if, if uh, with the exception of the person with the headphones, which might have not been a dude. I love that sketch, by the way, that person's face. I'm just like, I don't know who that is, but I love them. Um, <laughs> but I was, I was looking at your work, I was like, some of these seem like a spiritual representation of the person. Some of them seem like they're from 200 years ago. And then some of them are somebody that you would see walking on the street today, but they're all hanging out. And I was like, man, that's cool. I love that. I think about, I think about that all the time. I think my house is haunted. Like, or either that. Tell I, us more about I, that. I saw a meme recently. Seriously. <laughs> no. Come on. If you were... It's a really old house, so I bet it's just the house, like, settling or whatever. But part of me is like, that has to be a ghost. Like, yeah, totally. yeah. yeah. But I think about that all the time. Like, you know, our family, like, hanging out and watching us and, like, just kind of, I don't know. I think that's the Murakami um part the magical realism that i love is just these like spaces where we're all just kind of together but we don't know it i love so that is a thing magical realism is is a, a genre yeah. of art yeah. andrea do yeah. you read any of that are you i don't now but i this is like so random but in high school i took a couple like an ap spanish literature class and we did oh, yeah. like a couple units on magical realism because there's a lot of that in. Isabel Allende and like mm -hmm. yeah there's that's a yeah, very yeah. big yeah yeah so that's I spent cool. some time reading it and it is really cool like it's so interesting how those stories just shift from like you know it's just like normal everyday life and then all of a sudden <laughs> something crazy and kooky is happening so there's overlap with surrealism and, here yes definitely definitely I I do feel like Sorry, there's Andrea. and I have not I've not studied magical realism but I do feel like what you said about normal everyday life it's almost like borderline boring until like something crazy happens like yeah um, it's yeah. so wild they like lull you into being like okay that, this makes sense yeah. I get it I understand and then all of a sudden which is so funny because until Dave asked this question obviously again you're one of the newer artists on the roster and there's a lot of artists on the roster so I don't get to spend that much time looking at everybody's pieces, but it's so funny because until Dave asked that question, I hadn't realized that it, your artwork had like all these little quirky, you know, strange <laughs> moments. Like I was just looking at- It's um, weird. You should- One of the pieces. <laughs> yeah. I was just looking at the one in your, literally the top line of your CNC portfolio, the one where the lady's looking out the window, holding like a cup of coffee or something, and there's a chair. I like didn't notice there was people on the chair. I like didn't notice there was a UFO <laughs> just because like- I don't, you know, it's, I, I wasn't looking that closely, but it's so clear now. I'm like, no, duh, like, that's what she's doing. That's amazing. Guys, I might be a magical <laughs> realist. I yeah. think you are. I'm surprised, Dave, that you aren't 
already like familiar with that genre. I I don't read because I'm naturally smart, but um, <laughs> I I really uh, avoid. Um, I don't love the way that um, artistic art genres are discussed, especially in music. When it's like, it's neo-punk. It's like, oh. what? The, shut up. Like, call it what it actually is. It's <laughs> punk rock that is way less edgy than original punk rock. Like, so I kind of avoid them and uh, I don't hang out with. Because they're like over-intellectualized, right? Like they're over yeah. overanalyzing it. Yeah. But I also don't hang out with or talk I only talk when I talk to artists, it's you guys. Like, none of my friends are artists. And so, no one's going to just bring up magical realism. So, I depend on you guys. Like, remember our Studio Ghibli or Ghibli, depending on who you are? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you remember Andrea when you, who was it with? You guys brought up Studio Ghibli. And, and yeah, there was an artist on the podcast that was talking about it. And I was it. like, who's that? Didn't- I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, Dave didn't know who, what that was. Well, I mean, I'd seen Spirited Away and, and, uh, uh, one other film by by Studio Ghibli, but I didn't realize that it was a thing. And now I'm like, it's made it into my work. Like, yeah. So, so oh, that's so cool. Yeah, like I can't stop drawing clouds. It's freaking stupid. <laughs> I have I have this whole thing. Like I I go walking at night trying to lose myself in my own neighborhood so I can have a nostalgic experience where uh, like buildings remind me of my childhood. And I do the same thing with the sky, like all this stuff that comes from these conversations. I think magical realism is probably going to take me down a road. So just a cool thing. Like, thank you for making me aware of it. Yeah. Well, I highly recommend Haruki Murakami. (laughs) Are you talking about the the artist that draws flowers or is this an author? Author. Oh, two different artists. Sorry. Yeah. But you're not wrong with that. You you know (laughs) know what I'm talking about? The sculptor. He's awesome. Yeah. Well, and just like like going back to what you said as your response to the question, something that I always love is, again, I think that a lot of the times when people think of style or like a voice for your artwork, it's everybody feels like it has to be organic and everybody is kind of like, you know, I feel like the conversations are never as honest as they were now when you're like, oh, yeah, like I actively thought about all of these things and like I saw this one artist and it led me down this completely different road and I intentionally went in that direction. I think the the intentionality behind your work and your style is really, really great. Um, and again, like it just speaks back to that thing of like being your own advocate and like pushing your career forward. Like you were intentionally thinking like, oh, this is something that might serve me um, instead of just waiting for, you know, your style to come to you one day, um, yeah. which is awesome. Be it like just handed, handed a style. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause that's, especially like before I started working here and talking to all of you artists, that is definitely how I thought it happened. I was like, oh, you know, it just comes to you one day and like you're struck by inspiration and it, you know, you're all of a sudden your hand starts moving. So it's, I think it's really great to get like a realistic perspective on honing your style and, and figuring out what you do best. Yeah, the way that I've yeah. always summed that up, and, and sorry, you're going to have a more profound answer than this, but the way I've always summed that up to other artists is draw the things you think are cool, a.k.a. the things you're interested in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the same. I, I always say, like, follow what you're curious about. Like, if you're not curious about whatever it is that you're exploring, like, 
You're not going to want to do it when you're tired mm-hmm. and you just finished work or, you know, when you, yeah, like you, the, you have to do it like in the times between things, especially when it's not making you money. Right. So mm-hmm. if you're not excited or curious about it, you're just not going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's funny as I freaking hate drawing. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Cause well, my style is really technical. And so uh, it's like gotta be perfect. It's not fun. It's like going really slow down the freeway. Um, but it, it's, I, I'm interested in, in the later parts of the, uh, so, so I, my point is I wish that I could find curiosity in the drawing part, but there's no way around it. I just don't like doing it, but I definitely am interested in the things <laughs> that I draw once I get to the coloring. Yeah. Phase. When you, when you sketch things out, Dave, are you like, um, like letting yourself be really loose or do you find you're really technical That's then way too? More, you're loose then. It's way more fun for me to sketch. I love yeah. I kind of sketch like I like I'm sculpting. It's like a lot of lines, and then I get and then and then I'll go around and define it, and that's less fun. And then I get to the final line work, and that's even less fun, just because you have that's to be so fun. careful. Interesting. But uh, yeah, yeah. Which I I admire in your style and a lot of the um, the artists on the roster. There's this looseness to it, and and don't take that as you you don't have the technical skill oh, no. to be frustrated like me. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's, I chose a very technical style, but I, I admire that where it's like, well, guess what? This person's legs are actually like 10 feet long. I just want to bend it in a way where like, and they have a little tiny foot going under and it's resting on their butt. Like, it's like, man, just to, to, to allow yourself the freedom to um, make forms enjoyable to draw. I really admire that. And you do that very well. Oh, thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you kind of touched on my my next question in your last response, but there's a little tidbit in here that I also want to get to because, again, like you said, and in, like it says in your bio, you explore the themes of nature, time, memory, community, and psychology in your work, which is all stuff that I'm interested in. So I guess that's why <laughs> I love it so much. Um, and I know you went into the psychology aspect of it, but I'm also interested in the community aspect. Um, Mm. you know, how did you get interested in community? What is it about that that like draws it into your work? And yeah, how did you decide to incorporate it? I think, I mean, I've been thinking about this because I always find myself trying to find a different word, but I feel like community, I tried connectivity, but that kind of like leaves out people. And I think Mm -hmm. people are really essential to, kind of what I'm talking about, but I think community came about for a few different reasons, but I just love thinking that my work could kind of make people feel like they're a part of something. Um, And I think that that the idea of being a part of something bigger than yourself only really happens when you're around like a lot of people in a place where everyone's kind of like sharing or uplifting one another like it could be a neighborhood it could be a team it could be a you know whatever it is um but I love that um I'm not a religious person um but I do feel like I love the there is like a spirituality involved with like Mm -hmm. community yeah so I think that that's kind of what I'm exploring I've been exploring it in a little bit of a different way more recently with some of my newer paintings in the sense of like can you be in community with like spaces. Um, uh, so thinking about like environment, nature, those types of things as being, um, being beings, you know, like being, uh, alive. Um, but yeah, so I, I think, but I also think it comes from a place of, um, you know, working in restaurants, 
before working in restaurants, I was always on like swim teams um, yeah. or water polo teams and just ideas of like those spaces being like so important for like, I don't think had I not worked in restaurants, I don't think I would be where I am now because all of the people who were customers or who I worked with or whatever were responsible for like, you know, recognizing I'm an artist for me reaching out to them and for getting me some of those like early jobs, mm. you know, mm-hmm. so and that's like really essential. And, and it makes you feel like you're one part of a larger picture, you know, you play water polo. I did. I did. I don't anymore. It's a hard sport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I played through um, through college, but my aunt thought that I uh, rode horses in the water. So, you know. But <laughs> Understandable. Like, it's such a California thing. Yeah. It's such a West yeah, Coast thing. But yeah, no, I think that's really beautiful. And I think, yeah, yeah, just the way that your life has impacted you and, and your work ultimately is is awesome. And I love the idea of exploring like what community can be outside of just like a group of people. Right. I think yeah. that's, especially as an artist, I think that's such an interesting take because like you guys are very solitary creatures oftentimes, like you don't <laughs> work in big communities and there's just really no, I mean, it's hard to find opportunities, right. To like all be together. And so I think exploring like what else a community can be in your artwork is, is really interesting. It's like a cool take. And I can see why that would be important to an artist. Yeah, it's it's something yeah. that uh, if it hasn't already is going to make its way into uh, I would guess into your personal life, where you know uh, life starts to imitate the art because you're exploring real themes and things here, and like some practical things. And again, you might already be doing this. It's like, oh, I'm going to go volunteer at a, a home that where Alzheimer's patients are, or I'm going to I'm going to start a little community and we're going to go out into the desert and we're going to hang out and we're going to talk about like why we're here, like what is going actually going on. And it's kind of beautiful that you're you're starting with art. Um and again, I you might have it could be the reverse. I don't know your life, but you're you're <laughs> you're truly like uh curious and and it comes into and and that's manifesting your art. I think that's really interesting that you have such a strong foundation for the things that you depict visually. It's cool. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, here, here's, here's something that I'm really curious about and I'm, with uh, uh, traditional artists. Um, you know, you're making your way through a time where like digital art is, is alive, well, and thriving, right? What? <laughs> and so, um, you know, are, are there insecurities that, first question, are there insecurities that come with that territory um, or do you feel yeah. that you have an advantage in this kind of uniqueness in a sea of same sameness? And uh, which is two questions. This is a three-part question. And what <laughs> encouragement can you uh, lend to traditional artists out there who are just getting started or feel like they're struggling, who may feel they're at a disadvantage? Mm. I, you know, I think to answer the first question, of course, there's totally insecurities. I actually just did a client project. It was all in vector. Um, oh, wow. I've, um, and I, I've not, did you enjoy that? You know, I feel like I did a great job. <laughs> I feel like I, I was stoked. I feel like it turned out great. Um, and I've worked in vector before. Oh, cool. I use Procreate like um, a good amount, like for client projects, just because sometimes it's necessary. You know, like so you um, it is really hard. To, Okay. Yeah, I, a lot of, um, um, most of my work is um, painted, yeah. but, you know, if the project 
requires it to be digital, like, I like exploring that too. So, um, you know, I'm starting to actually bring some like um, traditional materials into digital spaces, like so on Procreate, like using like painted textures and things like that. And then like bringing those in um, just to kind of, because I do feel like there's something about paint and analog materials that even though digital tools now are just incredible and it is really hard to tell the difference, um, I do feel like I can feel it. And I feel like if I can feel it, other people can feel it. Mm. Um, the second part to the question um, is, uh, do you feel, um, I, I guess, well, if you said yes to this, there might be some self-righteousness. That's what I'm implying. But do you feel <laughs> like you're unique in a sea of sameness with everyone pretty much being a digital artist? In, in this um, yeah, yeah. I feel like um, unique, sure. But I, I also feel like everyone is so unique and everyone problem solves in such different ways. Like I think that, you know, when you're talking about not just artists, but like particularly illustrators, I feel like the thing that I've noticed the most is you're hiring someone who is like a visual problem solver. Mm. And so depending on like the tools that they use, like the way you would solve a problem is different than, you know, the way Raul would solve a problem or the way I would solve a problem. Cause we just think about those things differently um, based on our materials. Um, so I think that like, we're all probably pretty unique. Um, I do teach uh, material. I taught. This is my first semester teaching at CCA, um, uh, which is the local um, college here, and I'm teaching in the illustration program. And the class I'm teaching is a materials class, so it's all traditional materials for like sophomores. So they're all like heavy into iPads and like (laughs) digital tools. (laughs) And I'm like, we're gonna fart around with some colored pencils today. Um, And they're like, what? can't I just like sketch this out on the iPad? Um, but I think, you know, what they've started to realize we're at the end of the semester and my hope with that class, it's just a really good example of like, you actually are just bringing in tools using traditional materials that like improve your problem solving skills, right? Like you're just Mm -hmm. kind of like, okay, like what happens if I'm not able to like double click with my fingers and like undo what I just did yeah. like yeah you know? it's a big deal like, like oh okay I just have to deal with what I created in the beginning of the semester everyone's like can I redo the final like I you know two days before like this is really bad and I'm like you can but you only have like 48 hours why don't you just like problem solve with what you've created and then they'll do that and they're like oh, like this actually ended up like way cooler than I thought. I'm like, yeah, yeah I know. Like I knew it would, <laughs> you know, That's a, you just have to like stick with it. Yeah. That's a good answer to that question, which, you know, you, you kind of nailed it. Yeah. I guess, I guess we all are kind of unique. And then I love this, um, this facet that you, you added where it's like problem solve through it. Like, like uh, the, yeah. that's the beauty. And I, I remember doing this. I don't draw nearly as much as I used to on paper, um, and, and I would get deep into a drawing and make with ink. Cause I love drawing in ink. I, I, I have never, well, that's not true. I used to start with pencil and then ink it, but then I got to the point where it's like, no, nah, I'm just going to free climb here. Like I'm going, we're going in. We're yeah. Going. We're going in. And it's like, I remember this one, I made this huge mistake and I was like, I put too much time into this. And I ended up just turning it into a moat or a body of water or something. But I was like, Hey, that doesn't look bad. I missed that. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. 
all sorts yeah. of like unexpected things happen when you can't just like erase it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're like, oh shit, okay, let's, what could this be? <laughs> it, it makes you better. As I, I feel yeah. like uh makes you better. There, um, what's his name? Jack White of the White Stripes. He was talking, he, he started his own record printing, pressing company. Like apparently there's only a handful of record pressers in oh. the country. And and even less machines, right? And he got his hands on like three of them, started three man records, and you can actually go there. Uh, like I don't know where it's at. I think it's in, I don't know where it's at. Anyway, I think it's in the Midwest or in Memphis. Maybe it might be in Memphis. You can go there and and record like a little riff, and it will go onto the record as you play. And this is the way they used to make records. Wow. And his whole thing was that um, albums used to be so good, and the playing used to be so tight. Uh, because they were recording onto the vinyl as they were playing live. And so you yep. hear these like little nuanced mistakes, but they're like, like almost falling off the cliff. But then the guitarist <laughs> comes back and like turns it into a bend and saves the moment. Um, yes. That yeah. stuff's beautiful. That like in the moment problem solving. Exactly. I love that. No command Z there. And so it, it produced these classic albums where <laughs> you listen to it so many times, like, oh, that part where the, the smash on the, the the symbol was too too loud, but it becomes adds all this character part of to it. the album. Mm-hmm. Yes, so yeah. that's part of it. Oh, I love no, that. I love, it. I love it, and I think again, like this, like it, everything is going towards like less preciousness, right? And like mm-hmm. I think having that skill of it's something that I think a lot of the artists on our roster struggle with. Sorry, love you guys. No slam oh, here. I'm one of but yeah, it's like the <laughs> preciousness is the biggest challenge that we have. Um, We do these like one-on-one marketing check-ins, but like that is really like for, I would say about half the roster, the biggest hurdle is just, they are so precious with everything and everything has to be perfect and everything has to be like final and beautiful and perfect. And it's paralyzing. So I think it's wonderful that not only do you do that, but you've found a way to teach that skill to people because I think that's such a difficult skill to develop. It's like when you're so used to being able to perfect everything, how do you work within, work with what you've got and like problem solve in the moment. Um, it's so yeah. important. You know what a per- it's so important. Do you know what a perfect game is in baseball? No. Is either of you baseball fans? Is it isn't it there's no no strikes? No like they you when you pitch a perfect game? Oh there you <laughs> my go. boyfriend's a big baseball fan, so he's gonna Yes, it is it's I brought up I brought up sports with uh, a, a couple times on here. It's always hilarious. Me and Monique Yeah you and Monique I was like you guys don't I can't remember what we're talking about, but you were just like Dave we are not the audience, <laughs> but a perfect game is a base is a pitcher's thing. It's when you get everybody out without a hit, and then your fielders make no yeah. errors, and it is the most boring thing to watch you've yeah, ever no seen. Yeah, wants to watch that. Yeah, it's an amazing feat for the pitcher, but it's like watching somebody eat all the food, and everyone else is like, "I wish I could have something," but apparently he's going to eat all of it. <laughs> And it's the same for us. It's like mistakes. Mistakes make things interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think the unexpected, it's hard though. You know, I think that um, the thing that I've realized, like teaching that materials class, it's not always like fun, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I want to have fun. I want everyone to have fun. But like the thing that I'm realizing is like, you know, my role as like a teacher in that setting is, to make them do the thing that's uncomfortable or feels hard, you know? And that's not always 
the fun thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Trust me, as the marketing manager at a representation <laughs> agency for artists, I know like, that check. feeling. Yeah. yeah, I'm like that is me every it's day. It's costing me. I had an artist one time. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 huh? no. You go ahead. I'm talking too much. I had an artist walk into our check-in one time and just go, Andre, do people ever tell you that they're scared of these check-ins? And I was like, <laughs> I don't like to hear that. Like, that doesn't make me feel great, but thank you. But it is. Like, I'm doing my job right if I'm pushing y'all to do a little bit better yeah. every time we talk. So I get it. It's a weird I'm scared feeling. for my check-in tomorrow. I've got a lot of work to do today before our check-in. Oh, shoot, Dave. I mean, I feel like I already know some of the topics Andrea's going to bring up, but... Yep. <laughs> Lindsay, maybe we should tag team these. Maybe you should start joining. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Well, I don't, I had another question for you, but I don't want to take up too much time and we're running a little bit low. So I'm going to nix it. And maybe we'll have you back on to talk all about teaching and just really deep dive into some of this other stuff because you gave us a lot of good stuff today, Lindsay. Not going to lie. Oh, yeah. I'd love Um, to come back on. This is an honor. Yeah, it is. Oh, I'm going to cry. Yeah, okay. it is for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. There's that confidence, Dave. You got it. Thank you for bringing it back. I, I just want to... Yeah. Um, I just want you to know that, like, you're lucky to be... No, I'm kidding. You're talking to an idiot <laughs> and an awesome... Uh, what would you call yourself, Andrea? I didn't want to call you an idiot, no. but, you know. Thanks. It's okay. You can do that. You're talking We're to two idiots. We're siblings. <laughs> We are. I, I like to call us the peanut gallery. We just like goof off and somehow get something out of it. Hopefully, yeah. Um, but yeah. Before we go, I want to ask you the age-old question: Can you mm. tell the people where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me at Lindsay Victoria Lee at on Instagram. I just blanked. I was like, what is that place? Instagram. I have like a couple YouTube videos, but other than that, my marketing um, person told me to narrow it down. So you can't find me anywhere else yet. Hopefully be hands soon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. And well, Andrea you, being that yeah, person. Me being the marketing person. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. That's great chatting thank with you. Thank you. I mean, yeah. Definitely I have a lot of fun again. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Thank you both. Thanks for tuning in to the Closer and Closer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to receive the latest episodes. You don't want to miss some of the incredible conversations that we have coming up. They'll be full of powerful insight to help you reach your full creative potential. To find out more about us, visit www.closerandcloser.co. But wait, before you go, we've got something super special for those of you looking for more opportunities to grow your creative career. Head to the show description and join the community, an interactive space to share information, gather resources, and build relationships with other creatives and us here at CNC. Oh,